I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, I don't take ayahuasca because I don't do drugs. Okay, let's get this straight right away. Ayahuasca is not a drug, but what is it exactly? In this video, you'll learn what ayahuasca is and how it's seen differently in science versus in spirituality and shamanism. Then the top three main uses for ayahuasca, what happens to you exactly during an ayahuasca ceremony, when not to use ayahuasca, that's going to be an important part of this video. And then I'm going to finish off with my top seven tips to help you effectively work with ayahuasca. If you choose to go down this road of plant medicine coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. That intro that you just saw is for the retreat center Rhythmia in Costa Rica, one of the few medically licensed retreat centers in the world for the use of plant medicine. I'm going to be teaching a workshop at Rhythmia and also participating in plant ceremonies myself from July 31st to August 7th. So if you want to join me in Costa Rica for plant medicine ceremonies and for my workshop, click on the link below in the description box below. You're going to have a special link to join me there uh, in the first week of August. If you have a pull to work with ayahuasca, I definitely recommend Rhythmia and I hope to see you down there on July 31st. On to part one of the video. What is ayahuasca? Okay. So ayahuasca is a plant. It's both a plant and also the word is known for a special medicinal tea that we're going to talk about a little bit. Ayahuasca actually comes from the Quechua language in Peru and where aya means soul and huasca means vine. So ayahuasca is a vine-like plant. So for a lot of indigenous cultures, ayahuasca is known as the vine of the soul. For others, it's also known as the vine of death. Okay. So it's a little bit about kind of where the wording comes from. Ayahuasca is this plant. You'll see it a lot of times wrapped around the trunks of trees. It looks like a vine. It's a vine like uh, plant. And so when we're talking about just the plant, that plant is called ayahuasca, but we also call the tea, the medicinal tea that's made with ayahuasca. We also call it ayahuasca, but here's an interesting fact about that tea. The tea that we take that has psychoactive components that gives you visions. It's medicinally, it's a medicinal plant that will give you visions. You'll have access to uh, altered states of consciousness. That tea is actually giving, has that effect on you, not just because of ayahuasca. So what's going on with that tea is ayahuasca is actually composed of two really important ingredients, two main ingredients in the tea. One of them, and probably the one that, that gives us the most effect is actually not ayahuasca, it's chacruna. So it's one of the two plants, primary plants that are used in the tea. Chacruna is the plant that has the DMT. Okay. So DMT is what's known as the spirit molecule. That is the molecule that allows you to get into these altered states of consciousness and expanded awareness. But where ayahuasca comes in, that's the second component of the tea. Ayahuasca doesn't contain DMT, but what it does is it contains an alkaloid that inhibits the absorption of DMT. So if you were to take just DMT regularly, the, your body would absolutely break it down very quickly. And you'd only feel the DMT for just a tiny, tiny little bit. 
When you take DMT through chakuna with the ayahuasca, what it does is it prevents the DMT from being absorbed. And so DMT circulates in your body for hours on end. Okay. So ayahuasca, that vine actually has what's known as an MAOI, and that's an inhibitor of enzymes that break down that DMT. Okay. So together, when you put these two substances together, these two plants together, they create a really powerful tea that allows DMT to circulate in your body for hours at a time without your body breaking it down. And that's why ayahuasca trips tend to be long. They can be around four to six hours for the typical person. So essentially now that we're kind of out of the biochemistry of what's happening with ayahuasca and the combination of these two plants, Really what ayahuasca is doing is it's allowing you to go into altered states of consciousness. That's the most important thing that you have to remember about ayahuasca. When you take ayahuasca, it opens a door for you to be able to access altered states of consciousness that are difficult or more difficult to access when you're in a regular, uh, regular state of mind. Okay. So that's essentially what this tea is doing. One of the things that the tea is doing, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on deep, more deeply. But from a biochemical perspective, this plant takes you into altered states of consciousness. And that's one of the most important things for you to remember about ayahuasca. Okay. Now that we know a little bit about what the brew is, let's get into how science sees ayahuasca versus how spirituality and shamanism sees ayahuasca. Okay. So from a science perspective, ayahuasca is considered a hallucinogen. Okay. So it's the, the way that science explains it is that what DMT is doing, all those visions that you're seeing, those altered states of consciousness that you are accessing, science calls those hallucinations. And so from a scientific perspective, they're viewing and they're studying ayahuasca more as if you are having hallucinations. Another interesting thing that's happening a lot with the research into ayahuasca is that they're studying that the DMT, once it starts circulating in your brain, DMT actually creates neurogenesis. So that's being studied a lot. And neurogenesis is just the formation of new brain cells. And so ayahuasca seems to induce neurogenesis, induces the development of more neurons. So that's kind of just a little bit, a little bit of what's going on on the scientific front when it comes to, to the studying of ayahuasca. But the main thing to remember is that si science considers it a hallucinogen. Okay. Now let's get into spirituality and shamanism because for shamans, for example, you are not hallucinating while you are on ayahuasca. So spirituality views this very, very differently. And shamanism views this very differently. Ayahuasca is viewed in shamanism as a, a plant teacher. So what ayahuasca does to indigenous cultures and to, um, on the, on the spiritual perspective, from the spiritual perspective, is that you can think of ayahuasca as opening a door for you to get into altered states of consciousness, for you to be able to communicate with spirit, for you to be able to see reality in a different way that you're not able to see it when you, when your, your mind is just regularly thinking. Okay. Now, shamanism views ayahuasca, not just as a substance, but as a teacher. So ayahuasca is known as the grandmother plant. I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but she's known as the grandmother plant, a feminine spirit guide that actually comes through to work with you when you take the brew. So you see very, very different way of looking at this substance. So for science, it's more just you're hallucinating for spirituality. It's a door that opens you up, not only to access altered states of consciousness, 
consciousness, but to also come in contact, be healed and work with the great plant teacher, the grandmother plant known as ayahuasca. Okay. So from our perspective, we're going to be focusing in this video more on the spiritual shamanic side of it. So here's something for you to remember. So we reinforce what ayahuasca is from a spiritual shamanic perspective. Remember this ayahuasca is a door that allows you to expand your awareness of reality and connect with the spirit of ayahuasca herself. Okay. So remember this about ayahuasca. You're not just, when you're taking that tea, you're not just having some kind of biochemical concoction. No, that tea is a doorway that's opening you up to connect with other realms of reality and to connect with a profoundly wise spirit and plant teacher known as ayahuasca. If you want to go deeper and study ayahuasca more deeply than what I'm talking about here in this first part of the video, I have a couple of resources for you. The first one is a really cool book by Michael Pollan uh, called how to change your mind. So I'm going to leave a link to that book in the description box below. If you want to, if you want to get that book and read it, another great resource comes from my alma mater at Johns Hopkins. They have uh, the center for psychedelic and consciousness research at Johns Hopkins university, a great place that's starting to develop really complex research into psychedelics and plant plant medicines. On to part two of the video. What is ayahuasca used for? Okay. So I'm going to share the top three, really the top three reasons that people go and work with ayahuasca. There are more, but these are the top three that I've known and had more experience with. The first one is for healing purposes. This is probably the biggest reason why people go to plant medicine ceremonies to ayahuasca to work with ayahuasca is for some sort of healing. Now, whether it's healing of a physical disease, it could be healing of a relationship. It could be healing of past trauma, some kind of trauma, uh, traumatic experience that you had in childhood, whatever the healing is, the majority of people do seek ayahuasca for some sort of healing, whether it's physical, mental, or spiritual in nature. So that's, that's the first reason why people generally use ayahuasca. And if you want to really understand the healing capabilities of ayahuasca, I recommend a, a book and a documentary. The documentary was amazing. So look it up. It's called the sacred science. So I'll leave links to the documentary and to the book in the description box below. So you can watch it after this one and understand the profound ways in which ayahuasca can be used for healing. The second reason that people tend to use ayahuasca is to overcome a challenge. Okay. So I actually use this a lot in my life when I work with ayahuasca. Um, so what happens here, this is when you go to ayahuasca because you have a specific challenge or a problem in your life that you want to receive answers for. Do you want to receive help? You want to receive extra guidance for, and so you'll go, you'll have this challenge or you have this problem in your life and you'll specifically set the intention of working with the plant on this issue or this challenge. And then you do a ceremony or multiple ceremonies specifically to, um, kind of get guidance on that challenge for the plant to help you move through that challenge. I've done this quite a few times where I'll have a specific challenge in my life and I'll feel called to go and visit with mother, with the grandmother plant to help me work through those challenges. Okay. So that's another very common reason why people will go to ayahuasca to overcome a challenge or get guidance on a specific challenge or problem that they're 
facing in their life right now. When I do go to a plant medicine ceremony, when I go to an ayahuasca ceremony specifically because I have a challenge and I really need the plant to help me with it, I use one specific mantra that I'm going to leave here with you so that if you work with ayahuasca because you have a challenge and you want to work with the plant in this way, remember this mantra. So whenever I go to ayahuasca with a specific challenge, I'll start my intention, I'll drink the tea, and then I'll start to repeat this really important mantra that I leave here for you too. Please show me the truth about this. Okay. And I'll repeat that mantra over and over and over again before the tea starts to take effect. It takes about 20 to 30 minutes for the tea to start to take effect. So I'll just sit on my mat and I'll be repeating this mantra. Please show me the truth about this, whatever this is, whatever challenge you're there for, ask the plant to show you the truth about this. Now notice this is not an easy mantra for a lot of people because a lot of times we don't want to know the truth about something. We just want the universe to concoct a certain way. So that we could get what we want exactly as we want it. It takes a little bit of courage to ask the plant to show you the truth, whether it's something you want to see or not. (laughs) Okay. So work with this, with this mantra, the more that you work with this intention, the more powerful your ceremony will be. The third reason that people seek out ayahuasca is actually for a visit. Now this is a curious one. I've done this multiple times and I've met many people that also do this when they're more regular ayahuasca users. What this means is that sometimes I will feel the calling to go and sit and visit with the grandmother plant, even if there's nothing going on in my life. I don't have anything to heal. I don't have any challenges going on. I just feel an intuitive pull to sit with the plant. And so I'll go to a ceremony to just commune with the spirit of the mother grandmother plant. So sometimes people will do this, especially if they're more experienced ayahuasca takers. Um, they'll, they'll sometimes go to just visit and commune with the plant spirit of ayahuasca herself. And a lot of times when this happens, sometimes we'll have an intuitive pull to go just visit the plant. And then when we're in that ceremony, we may actually be revealed certain things that we were blindsided by, and we didn't know that's what we were actually there for. But a lot of people will actually start to work with ayahuasca at some point when they're more experienced and maybe they've done it quite a few sessions and they've healed, they've done a lot of healing work with the plant. There comes a point where sometimes you'll just go to ayahuasca to just visit with the plant. Uh, and this happens to a lot of people too. So, um, and what's interesting here again is that sometimes we'll feel an intuitive pull to just go visit the plant. And then when we sit down and take the tea, she'll reveal something, she'll reveal an issue that we weren't seeing or something we were ignoring. And so these ceremonies tend to be very, very informative too, but a lot of times they're, they're lighter in their intention because I don't have any problems going on. I don't have anything to heal in particular. I'm just coming to visit the plant. All right. So this is the third reason, very common also, especially amongst more experienced ayahuasca users. On to part three of the video, what happens during an ayahuasca ceremony? Oh, a lot of people ask about this. Uh, they really want to know what's going to, what's happening during the ceremony. So I'm going to give you some, uh, probably the, the biggest things that happen during an ayahuasca ceremony. The first one being uh, purging. Okay. So <laughs> a lot of people, when they hear about ayahuasca and they hear that it's a purging plant, uh, they start to get a little scared. So let me walk you through that. All right. So when you take ayahuasca, ayahuasca as a tea is a purging plant herself. So part of the work that she's doing with you is she's helping reset your energy system, freeing you from trauma stuck in your body from any energy blockages. And the way that she does that is she actually induces you to expel that energy in the form of you're going to throw up a lot of times diarrhea. So there will be stuff coming out of your body basically. 
This doesn't always happen. I've been to a few ayahuasca ceremonies where nothing happens to me, but most likely it's a purging plant. Do not resist the purging uh, feeling. So sometimes people will have horrible trips because they'll sit there for an hour holding their mouth shut, preventing themselves from vomiting when actually the vomiting is a crucial part of the ceremony to get that old energy out. So don't resist any of it. All right. So it's very common during ayahuasca ceremonies that you'll be given a little bucket. <laughs> so you'll have a little bucket with you and that's your throwing up bucket. Okay. And there's always uh, bathrooms uh, available for you to get up and, and, you know, if you have diarrhea and then you return to your bed or to your mat. All right. So this is happening throughout the night with pretty much everybody in an ayahuasca ceremony. So purging most common thing that's going to happen to you during an ayahuasca ceremony. Don't be afraid of it. There's not anything going on when you start to feel sick or start to feel the urge to throw up or to go to the bathroom. Nothing's going on. Everything's going right. Okay. So nothing's going wrong. Everything's going right. So purging is one of the first things that you're going to experience during an ayahuasca ceremony. The second thing that happens during a ceremony that's very common is visions. Okay. So for a lot of people, these visions, you're not imagining things. So what ends up happening is the plant starts to show you things in archetypal ways. So a lot of times the visions are very clear. You know exactly what the plant is showing you. Other times the visions are more complex and they're being shown to you in, in kind of a symbolic way, not in a literal way. So a lot of times people will experience different visions. Sometimes the visions will be exactly what happened, something that happened in the past, exactly as it happened, or it'll be kind of an archetype symbolic way of showing you something, but visions are very, very common. Ayahuasca actually as a plant teacher, she takes on form and creates these visions to kind of show you something almost like you're think of it as if you were sitting in a theater, you're, and you're watching a movie. Okay. So that movie screen is showing you a story. Ayahuasca does the same thing. All right. So you can think of her as the projector that's showing you a movie about your life or a specific part of your life that needs healing. Visions are very, very common. It's very rare for a person to say, I didn't see anything. Even if you don't normally see visions, you'll probably see something during ayahuasca or you'll feel a lot. Okay. So that's very common also, but visions, uh, another really common thing that you may experience during a ceremony. The third thing that happens is uh, spirit communication. So it's very common that when you take the brew, one of the things that this brew is doing is it's opening the door to altered states of consciousness. Well, those altered states of consciousness, consciousness include an ease of communication with the spirit realms. So it's very frequent for people to meet, um, you know, departed, uh, loved ones for them to meet spirit guides, angels, all kinds of things. Sometimes people see demons or people see darker entities. It's common too. You don't have to be afraid of them, but it's common sometimes for that to happen. There's all kinds of, all kinds of energy in the spirit world. And when you open the door to that, you can observe and communicate and interact with different energies throughout the ceremony. So spirit communication, very, very common during an ayahuasca ceremony. The fourth thing that happens during an ayahuasca ceremony is energy upgrades. Okay. So science tends to only focus on, on the kind of brain aspect of ayahuasca. Uh, but spiritually what's happening is your entire body, your entire energy field, your chakras, your meridians, 
all of you is being upgraded energetically as that plant is moving through your body. And I don't mean the brew. I mean the actual plant teacher, the energy of the plant teacher. And so what happens very, very frequently that during, um, during an ayahuasca ceremony, you'll actually feel the energy circulating through your body. This has happened to me multiple times where, you know, I had an injury somewhere and I could feel during the ceremony that the plant would just take energy down and I could feel her healing that specific injury, just as an example but you're going to have all of these energy upgrades. You're going to feel different things. Your energy is basically going to be upgraded during an ayahuasca ceremony. It's just, I've heard so many stories of people saying that the next morning they're like born anew. They're like a completely different person. I've actually seen this happen with people that have gone to plant medicine ceremonies with me where the next day I open my eyes and I start talking to them. And it's like, I'm talking to a different person. <laughs> this has happened to me multiple times. And I'm sure it's, I'm sure others have experienced this with me too. It's like your whole energy shifts in one ceremony. And a lot of times in ayahuasca, you do multiple, but energy upgrades, very, very common during ceremony. On to part four of the video, when not to use ayahuasca. So this is really, really important. Ayahuasca is such a powerful plant teacher. It's such a powerful substance, not just a plant teacher that you really need a lot of respect and veneration to work with this plant. So I'm going to give you some recommendations when not to use ayahuasca. The first one being, and this is probably this, I'm going to talk about this first because it's the most important. It's not to use it outside of tradition. Okay. So important because what's been happening is a lot of things that hit the West. As soon as they hit main, the mainstream Western societies, Westerners just start to pick apart certain components of a specific plant medicine. And then they take that component thinking that they're working with the plant. So a lot of times people will think that if they take DMT, they're working with ayahuasca. No, they're not. <laughs> All right. And when you take ayahuasca out of a traditional cultural environment, you're depriving yourself of a lot of really important ground rules that have been set and put in place for thousands of years for a reason. And you're setting yourself up to potentially be in a dangerous situation. I've even had people email me saying that they want to buy ayahuasca online and then they want to drink the tea at home alone by themselves. This has happened to me multiple times. This is super dangerous. First of all, because when you buy it online, you have no idea who's making the tea and the person that's making that concoction is so important because they have to be very, very knowledgeable about how much, how many plants to put, what kind of plants. So it has to be a very, very highly experienced shaman, medicine woman, medicine man, making this brew in order for it to be high quality. The second thing is you don't want to take ayahuasca by yourself. So ayahuasca is traditionally given in a group setting, especially with the presence of a medicine man or a medicine woman in the room, always just so if you need help, if you're struggling with something that then that person can come over and help you. And also the group situation is important because the entire group is anchoring along with the shaman, anchoring the energy of the whole ceremony. So to do ayahuasca outside of these traditional rules can be dangerous for you. And, and not just that it's dangerous, it can really not be effective at all. And you don't even know what the heck you may be drinking. All right. So when it comes to using ayahuasca, please stay within the traditional rules of ayahuasca usage. So find yourself a reputable healing center, find yourself a reputable shaman. Cause there are a lot of charlatans out there. Find yourself a reputable, respected and ethical shaman that'll also take you through that. But remember to kind of stay within the tradition of the usage of this 
plant because these rules are set in place through thousands of years of experience. They know what they're doing. And so these rules are important to keep you safe, but for also for you to work with the plant the way that it was meant to be worked with. The second contraindication for the use of ayahuasca may be certain uh, psychiatric or mental illnesses. Okay, now I, now I say maybe because again, it depends on what we're talking about and it also depends on the physician and the shaman that you consult before taking ayahuasca. So one of the contraindications when it comes to mental illness is if you have any kind of disorder that involves psychosis, so like a schizophrenia, for example, because a lot of times what ayahuasca can do is it can induce a higher, uh, your, your, the psychosis can actually get aggravated, all right? So, so certain um, mental illnesses, not all of them, there are a lot of shamans that work with people who have men diagnosed mental illnesses, but they have to be very experienced in what they're doing, and it's always a good idea for you to consult with a physician also, uh, as well as a shaman, all right? But generally, this is a contraindication for the use of ayahuasca is if you have any kind of psychotic problems. The third uh, contraindication for the use of ayahuasca is certain physical issues, okay? So physical illness. So for example, um, if you have high blood pressure, if you have heart disease, if you are on specific medications that you can't come off of. So a lot of times when we work with ayahuasca, um, the medications, non-essential medications that you're on that can be, you can be weaned off of, you generally do this weaning thing before you do ayahuasca. But there are certain medications that people are on that are life-saving and they can't come off of them. So you have to be very, very careful about whether you have high blood pressure, heart disease. The high blood pressure aspect is because ayahuasca naturally raises your blood pressure a little bit during ceremony. And so if you already have a problem with this, it may be completely contraindicated to work with ayahuasca if you have these issues. But again, when it comes to physical issues, always, always a good rule of thumb is to, if you are thinking of working with ayahuasca, work with an MD, with a physician and a shaman, medicine man, medicine woman in, in the same retreat center so that you have a good pairing of medicine and shamanism to make these decisions better. For some people, ayahuasca may be contraindicated, for others it may not, all right? But these are the general contraindications when you probably shouldn't be working with ayahuasca. On to part five of the video, tips for working with ayahuasca. Okay, so before I get into the tips, I wanna leave you a quick reminder that there is a free supplemental workbook with this video with questions and prompts to help you go deeper on the content that we're discussing today. I'll leave a link to that workbook below so you can download it after watching this video. Here are my top seven tips that I have for you when preparing to work with ayahuasca and when working with ayahuasca. The first one is pure intention. Okay, so intention is so, so important. This is a venerated spirit teacher. This is a venerated plant spirit. And so you don't want to go do an ayahuasca ceremony with nefarious intentions. Okay. So be very pure at heart. I love this term pure at heart. When you're, when you're going to see ayahuasca, be very pure at heart, meaning have very pure intentions on what you want to work with the plant for. All right. So maybe it's healing. Maybe it's, you know, coming out of a challenge. Maybe you need some questions answered. Maybe you're stuck with something, but be, be very pure hearted when you, when you go to, uh, to an ayahuasca ceremony. If you have nefarious intentions, for example, if you want to go to ayahuasca because you want to, you're just very greedy and you just want to figure out a way to, to screw your partners out of the business or something like that. I'm, 
I'm just making this up. But if you go with a nefarious or a kind of negative intention into an ayahuasca ceremony, boy, are you going to be in for a trip, man, because the plant will show you all of those inner demons that you have. It'll show you those nefarious, that nefarious energy, and that'll turn into a pretty, pretty, uh, uh, wild and probably negative, uh, trip for you. Okay. So be very pure hearted, have a beautiful, pure hearted intention when you go to this plant to work with her. And that would be my first tip, pure hearted intention. The second tip is to pick the right shaman. Oh my gosh, the shaman, medicine man, medicine woman is so important. Usually there's a team of more than one, but they are so, so important. Here's one really important thing. Ding, ding, very important side note here. The shaman is actually the person that anchors the energy of the whole ceremony. So if you go and work with a shaman, that's a charlatan, that is unethical, that has no experience, guess what's going to happen? The entire ceremony is going to be uh, just completely ungrounded, completely all over the place because the shaman herself or himself don't have pure energy and don't have experience. Okay. So pick your shaman. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've heard of people saying, Oh, I'm going to get on a plane to Peru. And then when I get to Peru, I'll just get off the plane and I'll just start looking for a shaman at the airport. What? That's the worst idea ever. <laughs> you don't want to do that because that's exactly where charlatan shamans are waiting for you. They're waiting for you right at the airport, right as you come out of a plane, because ayahuasca is becoming so popular that people are now just going to South America. They're coming out of a plane and they're just waving and saying, Hey, I want to do ayahuasca. Which one of you is a shaman? And of course a charlatan will come up and say, Hey, do ayahuasca with me. And then you'll end up in a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay. So pick the right shaman. And what this means is you're going to do your research. So you're either going to pick a really reputable retreat center, for example, Rhythmia, like I recommended in the beginning of this video, that's where I'm going to teach. So you're either going to pick a reputable retreat or healing center, or you're going to pick a shaman that's well-known, respected, regarded. And so you're going to do that by maybe word of mouth. Uh, you're going to do that by maybe reviews by looking up the shaman, but you want to pick the right shaman, making sure that you're working with an ethical experienced shaman, because they are the ones that anchor the entire ceremony. Tip number three is to connect with Aya before the ceremony. So a lot of people disregard this or don't even know this is possible, but it is possible. You can actually connect with the plant teacher before you take the tea, because remember she is a plant teacher. She's a spirit. She's a spirit guide. So she can be accessed without the tea. And so it's really interesting. And this will get easier for you. The more experienced you are in the use of ayahuasca, um, you know, here's a pro tip, a ding, ding pro tip for you to remember as you get more experienced in using ayahuasca, you will notice that you can interact with the teacher ayahuasca, even without taking the brew. So that's really, really interesting. But a lot of times what you want to do before a ceremony is you just want to sit down and maybe in your home before you travel, before you do the ceremony, you want to sit, you want to just close your eyes and you want to call that beautiful spirit guide to you. You want to call that beautiful grandmother plant to you, ask her to start working with you beforehand 
setting the stage for the ceremonies to run more smoothly. I love to connect with Mother Ayahuasca before I actually travel to go to go take the brew or participate in ayahuasca ceremonies. Tip number four is to eat properly, okay? So this is really, really important when working with plant medicine, and I feel like a lot of Westerners kind of drop the ball on this one. So I want to emphasize this. When I mean eat properly, there's a specific diet that shamans recommend for you to start days, sometimes weeks before working with the plant. And uh, it's actually in shamanism and traditional um, indigenous cultures, it's called la dieta, simply. And it's the, it's the, the, the diet, the type of nutrition that you're going to consume before working with the plant in the days and weeks before you do that. So what does la dieta involve? It really just involves cutting out very heavy foods, cutting out any processed foods, cutting out uh, you know any Frankenstein foods that you're eating. You're gonna tend to cut uh, a lot of fat out of your diet a lot of animal protein. So if you're a big animal protein consumer, you're going to start to draw down on that and resort to more vegetarian options. A lot of fruit, a lot of vegetables, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Um, you're even going to cut down on condiments. So even like uh, a salt or pepper, curries or really powerful condiments in spices, you're going to want to draw down on that. The, the, the dieta is actually quite bland when you follow the traditional shamanic dieta. Uh, it's quite bland and, and consists of very, you know, like just a few ingredients, sometimes just a little bit of white rice, um, you know, or some plantain with some light fish, for example, that's used a lot in the Amazon basin. They'll just, they'll use some freshwater fish, a white flaky fish. Um, very light. But the point here is that you're cutting down on anything heavy. God help you if you have a big burger and then you go to ayahuasca. <laughs> like that would probably be the worst thing that you could do is big, fat, juicy burger. And then you go to ayahuasca. You're going to have a really bad trip. Okay. Because what happens is those heavy foods, they, they hold down your energy more. And so then when the plant comes in, oh boy, you're going to be violently ill. Okay. So this diet is really important for you to follow so you can work with the energy of the plant more, but also so you don't get as sick, right? So you're not completely as sick as a dog during the ceremony, all right? So follow this diet, maybe even look up online what La Dieta is, uh, look up traditionally what is eaten, try to follow that diet as much as possible, but the basics are just to draw down on really heavy foods like meat, a lot of fat, draw down and simplify your diet in the days, sometimes weeks before you work with the plant. Another thing that's really important uh, during the weeks and uh, days before the uh, before working with ayahuasca is to drink a lot of water that helps you flush out toxins, but also, ding, ding, super important, you're cutting out any stimulants, any, any stimulants. So um, if you're a smoker, maybe draw down on the smoking. If you drink a lot of caffeine, draw down on the caffeine. If you're an alcohol drinker, cut alcohol, okay? So any kind of stimulant that you may be using in your life, like caffeine, alcohol, tobacco, whatever it is, um, nicotine, draw down on it because you want your body to be in as close to its natural state without the effect of any substances before you work uh, with ayahuasca. You can think a bit of like purifying your body in preparation for the work with the plant. On to tip number five, surrender to the plant. Okay. So the plant is going, she is, ayahuasca is a challenging teacher. Okay. 
ding, ding, let me say this again so that you remember, ayahuasca is a challenging teacher. So this is a plant that when you go to work with her, you got to be ready to see whatever she has to show you, whether it's something you want to see or something you didn't particularly want to see. All right. The more you surrender to the plant, the easier the ceremonies will get. And this is one of the most valuable lessons that I learned through my own shaman and dear friend who once explained this to me. And and once he taught me this lesson, my ayahuasca ceremonies changed completely. Okay. So remember this about ayahuasca. Ayahuasca takes on the form she needs to, so you can see what needs to be seen. Okay. So what does this mean? Remember that the plant herself is a spirit guide and she will take on the form that she needs for you to see something. If you resist the plant, if you start to contract your body, resist the plant, or just mentally say, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. The more that you resist the plant, she's going to take on bigger form. This is when people start to see demons and dark things and ugly things and really frightful things. They're seeing this because the plant herself is rearing herself up for you to see something that you are resisting. The moment that you take a deep breath, you relax your body. And no matter what ugly thing you may be seeing in front of you, You just say, I surrender to this plant. Please show me what I need to see. As soon as you start surrendering, you will notice this has happened to me before. So I, and it's happened to so many people that I've worked with. When you relax and surrender to the plant, she will die down in the way that she shows you something. She'll become softer with you. She won't need you to show you as many ugly demons or whatever is going on, whatever archetypal or symbolism she's trying to show you because you're completely surrendered to her. And so she softens her energy also in response to your surrender. Okay. She will soften her energy in response to your level of surrender, and she will rear up her energy in response to any level of resistance that you have in you. Please, please remember this about ayahuasca. I'm telling you, this is the greatest lesson that I've learned from a dear shaman friend and And this is probably one of the most important things that you can learn during a ceremony so that you don't forget. And this will make your ceremonies run a lot more smoothly. To help you out even further, I'm going to leave you with the mantra that I use. I've had, you know, I've had some really difficult ayahuasca trips. And I remember that this mantra saved me during ayahuasca trips where I was starting to shut down and I was starting to resist what the plant was, was showing me. And I was starting to get pissed off at the plant. And so I remember I used this mantra it has saved me on multiple uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. Okay. So I'm going to leave this mantra for you. If you feel yourself resisting during an ayahuasca ceremony, repeat this affirmation. I surrender to this plant and what she has to show me. All right. If you repeat this and breathe through and relax your energy, you'll notice that the visions and the discomfort starts to diminish uh, a lot more. This takes me to tip number six, which is relax no matter what. So a little continuation of what I was just talking about. Relax your body. The more that you relax your body, the more she's going to circulate freely. If you tighten up, she's going to start to hit roadblocks. And guess what? You're not going to win against the plant. It's only going to become more uncomfortable. So the way that I like to relax is through the, the use of breath, just breathing and relaxing breathing and relaxing. The more that you can do this, the more the plant starts to circulate, the lot easier it will be to get through the night and the end for the ceremony to do what it needs to do. Tip number seven. And the last tip is to remember to integrate. Oh my gosh. 
The integration phase isn't talked about as much, but get this, here's a pro tip here. Shamans consider the period right after a, a ceremony to be just as important as the ceremony itself. So the integration phase after ayahuasca ceremonies is just as important as the ceremony itself. So please resist the temptation to doing like three or four ceremonies in a row, then getting right on a plane and going back to the middle of New York City and just going back to your regular life, for example, right? That would be really, really bad mistake, okay? So the integration phase right after working with ayahuasca Ayahuasca is super important because the energy will, the plant will continue with you for a while, sometimes days, sometimes weeks, sometimes even months. And so the plant will continue to do the work. Your energy is super open. Your energy is super sensitive, super vulnerable. Everything has been upgraded. And so the feeling sometimes that people have is like, a, imagine, a, imagine a snake right after she's shed her skin. So right after the snake has shed her old skin, that snake comes out with just this very delicate, delicate skin that takes a little while to harden a little bit more and to be more resistant. But initially when that snake sheds its, its skin, it's so, so sensitive that anything that touches it is a little bit more painful. It's the same thing right after an ayahuasca ceremony. You're very sensitive. You're having to integrate energy. You're having to do a lot of things energetically. So if you can, schedule at least two or three days post ayahuasca. Don't get by on a plane and right back home to your regular life. Take some time. I take at least a week off of not doing anything. I'll usually stay somewhere near the retreat center that I'm doing the ayahuasca in, somewhere near nature where I can meditate a lot, where I can do body work, where I can just relax and rest. And I'll usually take a week after, um, after my ayahuasca ceremonies, whether you're doing one or three or four. The last time I did, uh, I did a, a, a sessions at Rhythmy. It was actually four ceremonies. Um, so that was pretty, um, that was a pretty heavy dosage of, of ayahuasca having to do four ceremonies. Sometimes I'll do just one. So you don't have to do multiple ceremonies, but the point is the integration phase is the same, right? You're going to want to pay attention to that integration phase, journal a lot, uh, and just think about all of the things and feel about all the things that you went through. What were the messages that the plant was saying to you? What was the plant trying to show you? Journal, journal meditate, rest, drink a lots of water, slowly get back to your regular diet. Don't just go out of an ayahuasca ceremony and eat a big juicy burger. <laughs> okay. So slowly, slowly, uh, get back to your normal diet, but do this very slowly treat the integration phase as importantly as you would the actual ayahuasca ceremonies. If you want to go deeper into the world of plant medicine, I highly recommend the free documentary, the reality of truth with Michelle Rodriguez. I'm going to leave a link to that documentary in the description box below. So you can watch after watching this video, that'd be a great continuation to into the world of plant medicine and into the world of ayahuasca. Now I want to hear from you. Have you ever worked with ayahuasca before? I want to hear all about it in the comments below. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to this page where you can download the free supplemental workbook that accompanies this video. And don't forget the documentary reality of truth that I recommended for you. That'll be great for you to continue viewing. All right, beautiful soul. That's it for me. I love you. I'm out.